0: Well, get to do this again. Note, I, note, I said get to. I noticed some people left. They came, they stayed. They were in the earlier service and they stayed through the whole thing. Stayed here for the worship and they jumped out of here when they saw. <laughs> but that's okay. But uh, we did do the early service this morning. It was, it was good. I, it was very blessed and yeah. There you go. Awesome. That's the right word. So. That was our first one. We were nervous about it. Honestly, I was. Anytime I got to do something, yeah. yeah. Um, but really, it's, what we were doing really is nothing, nothing more than a continuation of things we felt like God has already spoken to us. I was reminded of when we changed the name of the church, part of our vision was to, you know, among other things, is to become more outreach-oriented. Okay, uh, as as the Message Bible says it so well, is Christ didn't come to coddle the insiders. <laughs> he didn't come to coddle us the insiders, but he wants to reach the outsiders. And we've been making steps in those directions. And we really believe God's called us as a church to reach people and to minister the, the loving kingdom of heaven into their lives. And So that's really what we're... Why we've started another service, really, is we just feel like it's all part of what God wants for us as a church, and one of the thoughts that I had, and I'm not saying this is gonna happen, but just this a thinking outside the box thought. I was thinking in the early service what if what if, in a year or so we you know built that service up, just took it, hey, we're gonna instead of you know one day a vision for building a bigger building, have everybody back together, let's just take you, let's go find a building put you in that, rent that building, put you in that building and start another congregation. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing to do? I mean, really, I think that's the kind of heart that God has is to, you know, start other congregations so more people can be reached. And so that's really our heart, really, you know, we're not really wanting to do a bunch of extra stuff that's going to cause more work, but... So I just feel, feel like we're doing what the Lord wants us to do. Um, I'm going to share this message again that I just did earlier. <laughs> see if I can do it. I was thinking, what am I going to say this time, Lord? Because I don't pre-plan what I'm going to say. So I have just flushed my mind of everything i said. I'm going to start all over again. But I want to give you Second Peter chapter 1, verse 12. And really what I'm sharing with you today is something I believe that God's doing. Now we all know... Um, you know, we've understood this, especially those of you who've done experiencing God, is, is what is God doing, and how do I join God in what He's doing? And that's really the key in our lives to really being in the will of God. It's not what is God's will for me, Byron Wicker. It's like, what's God doing? What's He doing in the earth? And once He shows me that, then I can adjust myself to join God in what God's doing. That's really what God wants us to do. He wants us to join Him. So that's what I'm going to share with you is something called a present truth. This is the word that that uh, Peter used. For this reason, I will not be neglect, negligent to remind you always of these things. So I'm going to, you know, remind you of some things I've already shared with you. And I don't mind doing it because Peter did it. Jesus did it. Paul did it. So we want we to be reminded. We want to hear the word of the Lord over and over until it becomes a part of our lives. But I want to remind you all of things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Everybody say present truth. <laughs> See, there is a present truth that God releases, at, and you know, in different seasons and at different times, the present truth could could change. It's always you know the truth, but the emphasis may change. And, and um, let me give you a definition of present truth, which I, I think is a really good definition. Present truth is what the Holy Spirit is doing right now and what the Lord is saying today. Let me read that to you one more time. Present truth is what the Holy Spirit is doing right now and what the Lord is saying today. And I believe from the bottom of my heart, because this has been something that has been the Lord's been working in my life for, for a, a season, is the present truth that God's trying to bring about it's what we call the gospel of the kingdom of God. That God really is wanting to release the knowledge of the gospel of, of the kingdom of God into the earth. And the Bible says in Matthew twenty four fourteen, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come. The gospel of the kingdom. Before the end, before the return of Christ, the gospel of the kingdom, not the gospel of salvation, there's a difference, okay? The gospel of salvation is included in the gospel of the kingdom. It's a part of it. But until this message of the kingdom of God is preached, then the end will come. It's going to be released all over the world. Now, I believe, uh, I personally believe, this has been a prayer for me for several years, is that we have lived under a lid of revelation in the church. In other words, we've had some level of understanding. You know, our generations had a had a greater understanding of the word of God and the revelation of God was than the previous generation. And I've been praying for I mean, twelve years. I have felt for twelve years in my heart, Lord, it seems like the truth that we have we're going over and over and we're not going further in it. Maybe little, little bits here and there, but I believe the Lord's lifting a lid. Of revelation, right? Now, I believe he's starting, and I believe it's in particular concerning the gospel of the kingdom of God that he's, he's starting to open it up to our generation to reveal to us what it really is. And I think it's really critical that we see that this is something God's doing right now, and God wants us to hear what he's saying and grasp what he's saying and grasp what he's doing, and, and, and that we say, Yes, this, this is our revelation. We're adopting this. Are you with me? is very very now one of the things that really extremely blessed me uh about this is because i've been I've been studying this thing i've been researching it because I want to know Lord, I want to know about this this is important I believe this is critically one of the things that I discovered was in the southern Baptist denomination now, i'm talking southern Baptist denomination I'm not talking about a Southern Baptist Church I'm talking about in the denominational headquarters something that has been going on with them I want to read what one of their leaders, one of their theologians said, and they've got some good things to say, he said, While the kingdom of God was the central theme of all preaching in the New Testament, it has been virtually ignored by modern day evangelists. Okay? This absence absence of kingdom centered evangelism has had a devastating effect on the Western church and has now reached critical mass. There's a gospel of American individualism which traces its roots back no further than to the American frontier has replaced the God-centered gospel of the kingdom. Isn't that powerful? The deficiency is so great that most evangelists and professors of evangelism would be hard-pressed even to define the gospel of the kingdom. The result has been a watered-down message that has no power to change lives. Now, this is coming from the Baptists who, if we could say of any denominations, the ones who have really, the Lord's given the anointing and carried the torch for evangelism. I'd say as a denomination, we can say that the Baptists have done evangelism and done it well in our opinion, but here is one of their leaders saying, no, we haven't. We have not. We've missed a mark. We've missed a mark. And I believe what God wants to do is I believe God is releasing to us some revelation about, you know, they're getting it. It's just not it's just like, like oh, you know, one person, you know, or a little charismatic group over here or a little group over there. No, I think if, if, when you begin to study this subject, you find people all over the world, believers that God's beginning to speak to about. Now, for sure, there is a lot of wrong theology and doctrine out there about the gospel of the kingdom. You'll find that out real quick when you begin to study it. And really, it's, it's no wonder. It's no wonder. Because think about this. If you were the enemy and you wanted to pervert something that would destroy your life, what would you do? You would make sure you would taint that message. There's groups out there that have all these different replacement theology, reconstruction theology. You know, the Worldwide Church of God for years were just, you know promoted this, not the normal Church of God, but there's another one that was bad and promoted some, some very false teachings and error around the kingdom of God. And it's understandable that we should understand that these things will happen, especially for truths that really can dismantle the kingdom of darkness. And this this is a message that can dismantle the kingdom of darkness. Now, another thing that I'm seeing, and this is what's so cool, is I believe with this message there is a new level of anointing and authority that we can get in on. In other words, this message brings authority with it, and it brings anointing with it that's greater than the personal anointing and authority that you have in your life. Are you all with me? So in other words, as we begin to adjust ourselves to the gospel of the kingdom, we can see our own anointing and our own authority go to a new level and to a new height. I really believe that. And I've seen recently, I've seen people that I've seen... I thought, man, that person has gotten a promotion in the Spirit. Suddenly, with, you know, their ministry, whatever their ministry was in particular, As a friend of mine, the guy I'm, I was sharing with you about it's going to be at the men's meeting. I've known this man for years. And all of a sudden, I'm hearing him prophesy with authority and accuracy that I never saw on this man. I was like, wow. <laughs> hey, will you come over to our church and do that, man? That's wonderful. And it's because there's... It's out there for us. It's out there for every one of us. If we'll lay hold of this message for our personal lives and make it our personal lives, make it our personal passion, the gospel of the kingdom of God. Amen? Are y'all with me? So that makes me like, I want this. I'm going for this, God. I may be going for it. Well, you may have bad motives, brother, if you just want a better anointing, authority. Forget that religious talk. Isn't that what we really need? Isn't that what we really need to see this world, is to see the hurting healed, to see the lost saved? You know, just, isn't that what we really need? Yes, we need that. We really need it. So what I'm going to share with you is some things that God has given to me personally that's really made a difference in my life. And And I'm just saying these are things I'm learning. These are things that I'm learning to walk out. These are things that God has really been teaching me, you know, for... It really started a little over a year ago, but really uh, this summer I share with you at the beach how God came to me and spoke to me in a profound way out of John chapter 3 out of the story of Nicodemus. How God really brought me under a conviction in my own life about how I was really missing this thing called the kingdom of heaven in a real way and that God has begun to open doors for me on a personal level. So I'm excited about that. I think our, our understanding of the Scripture is going to be over the next few years, we're going to see some, some change in these things. So this is a great thing. The first, so the first, these are like four keys for valuing the kingdom or seeing the kingdom come in your life. The first one is uh, Matthew 4, 17. And I've, I've shared this with you before, I'll share it again. From that time, Jesus began to preach. This is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's what Jesus began in. So really repentance is the first step. It's the number one thing. It's the beginning steps. And and as I've told you this, and I will tell you this over and over because I believe repentance is one of the is the absolute necessity. It is the starting point. It's the foundation for seeing the kingdom. Repentance does not mean turning from sin. That is not what that word repentance means changing your mind. And because you have changed your mind, you do the about face. Repent. Turning from sin is a fruit of repentance. That's what it is. We've got to see that. It's a fruit. So so you may think, well, I have no sin to repent of. Great. Praise the Lord. You still need to change your mind. You still need the mind of Christ. You still need your mind renewed. We've got to have it. I wanted to... uh, give a quote by a man named bill johnson who's written a tremendous book and he says this many christians repent enough to get forgiven but not enough to see the kingdom many christians repent enough to get forgiven but not enough to see the kingdom when you're saved you know you've been forgiven you are just at the door of the kingdom you know what I'm saying? You haven't suddenly, suddenly you're not this real kingdom God. You've got to continue staying in a, in a mode of God, renewing your mind, changing your mind to really fully enter into the kingdom of heaven. And that's really the way it works. First Corinthians 2. Y'all good out there? First Corinthians 2, verse 12. These are scriptures we all know, but they're so true. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. That what? We might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. You see, it's by the Holy Spirit, the renewed mind, through repentance, that we begin to know the things given by God. It's, God, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual but the natural mind, that's mine and your mind, okay? The natural mind. all we all have a mind, natural mind in this room, right? There's something up there. For some of us it may be less, but we all got it. The natural mind, mind does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Get that. Your natural mind cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God Accept it. That's why you need to repent every day. If you're going to see God, if you're going to hear God, you've got to say, Lord, I need my mind changed. I need to see what you see. I need to hear what you hear. You've got to do it constantly. You'll be offended. You'll be hurt. You've got to say, what is God? Where are you? What are you saying in this? What are you seeing in this? It will be foolishness to you and other worser things. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Now, that's the the crux of when we talk about repentance. See, a man who's in sin suddenly sees this sin the way God sees it. Oh, my gosh, this is awful. I am going to do the about face. I am going to turn away from it. But the repentance happened when he saw it the way God saw it. And how we get this is we repent. We come to the Lord every day and say, Lord, I can't know what you're thinking apart from your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I'm choosing to give you permission, I'm giving you permission to invade my mind. I'm giving you permission to invade my mind with your thoughts, with your actions, with what you see, what you feel, what you hear. You get in a situation at work or wherever, school, personal relationship, Lord, invade my mind with what you feel about this, what you think about this. Because I'll probably just haul off and slap the person. (laughs) That's the way I feel about it, Lord. I'm mad. But are you mad? Because if you're not mad, I don't need to be mad. And that's that's the essence of repentance. And that's what Jesus said. First step, if you're going to see this thing, if you're going to see heaven, this spiritual world that's right here at your hands, it's at hand. If you're going to see it, because it's here, Jesus said it was, you have to repent. You have to Get that. Think about that. Don't forget that. Go over that over and over and over in your mind because there's something right here in this room that we don't see and we will never see it until we repent. But we've got to keep repenting. We've got to live repentance. Repentance has to be a part of us as long as we live. It's not, well, one time or just when you do a bad thing. It's all the time. Everybody good with that? All right, number two. All right, uh, Matthew six thirty three. The second thing, uh, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Again, this is a famous verse, but I want you to first see this, what Jesus Christ said to seek first. Now, when you think about it, this is sort of bothering me. This is one of the, actually one of the scriptures the Lord used to get me thinking about the kingdom of heaven was this, because he said this, I thought the Bible said seek God first. Why would Jesus... Can you imagine if you were hearing Jesus in that day after all those people had been talking, Jesus says, no, heck no, don't seek God. I'm telling you, this is what you need to seek. You need to seek first the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus said. Because Jesus knew this. As Jesus and the kingdom, God and the kingdom are one and the same. They're connected. You can't separate them. You know? He was saying that has to be the most important thing in your life. And this is one of the things I was really feeling, and I still feel it. Uh, I was feeling it earlier. Christian businessmen, you know, that's something God's really been doing. But really, you know what? You shouldn't try to seek to be a Christian businessman. You should seek the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. You hear, you hear what I'm saying to you? If, if your necessities of life, like food, water, clothes, shelter, are added, if Jesus said those things are, and you've got to have those, or you can't walk around naked. They're going to put you in jail, you know. You've got to have food to live. If he said those things are included in the kingdom, because that's, he wasn't saying, all right, you do this. This is how the order is. Seek first the kingdom, and then when you get through seeking that, then you can worry about your food. That was not what he was saying. That's a wrong interpretation. It wasn't like kingdom first, then second, food and third water. He was saying, no, the kingdom of God is what. I, this is what I said, club med style. Once you get the kingdom, the food's included in the kingdom. Amen. The clothes are included in the kingdom. The shelter's included in the kingdom. Christian businessman. Once you have the kingdom of God, the business is included in the kingdom. Amen. You know, people who want to be. Worship leaders, seek the kingdom first and the worship leading is included in it. But if you seek the worship leading first, it's, it's messed up. It doesn't work. People who want to pastor, forget pastoring. Seek the kingdom and the pastor is just going to happen. Amen. Seek the kingdom and the missions are going to happen. Those are the things. All right, now that you've checked into this mode of seeking first, then you can say, Lord, I need the spirit of wisdom and revelation about the pastoring you know, about the business, you know. But you've taken care of the first things first, and that included that. Has everybody got that point? Really important, because it can profoundly ch- change your life, because suddenly you're saying, the most important thing I can do in my life is seek first the kingdom of God. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't get up and do business. See, that's all perverse. That's the devil saying that, well, you, ain't, you know, you're not seeking first the kingdom. You're, you know, you're working... No, working is included in the kingdom. Just in your heart, pursue the kingdom, and those things are part of it. Please get that one. Please me get that one. Y'all with me? All inclusive, the kingdom of heaven. All inclusive. Looking for a spouse this morning? Anybody looking for a spouse in this room? I, somebody is. That spouse is in the kingdom of heaven. Looking to have a baby this morning? That baby's in the kingdom of heaven. Looking for a healing this morning? Guess where that healing's at? It's in heaven. The kingdom of heaven being brought to your life. Looking for friendship? It's in heaven. Looking for a job? It's in heaven. As you seek heaven, if you seek the kingdom, oh, that's it. Got a problem with a former relationship? Need an answer? Seek heaven. First heaven. The answer's there. It'll come. It has to. That's what Jesus said. All these things. You've got to trust what Jesus said. All right, here's what Paul said. I just uh, Colossians 3, he said the same thing. He's explaining Matthew 6, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. That's what Paul's saying, the same thing as Jesus. He's just expounding on it. Where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Seek those things above. What's above? The kingdom of heaven. That's where Christ is. Paul said... Echo in Jesus, seek that. all right? Set your mind, or better yet, set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. Put your affections there. Make the passion of your life. that's what he's saying. Make the kingdom of heaven your passion. you know? And if, as you do that, make that your passion, you know, young man, make kingdom of heaven your passion. And guess what God gives you. He gives you a pretty girl. You know, that you can share those passions with. You know? But if you make that pretty girl your passions, she's not going to like you because she still think you're an insecure guy who don't can't do anything, and she doesn't want it. She wants a guy that can deal with life. You got that? Somebody need to hear that. Or <laughs> somebody say amen. Well, I know the Lord's good. So that's the second thing. To seek first. All right, number three. It's persistency in this thing. All right? Be persistent. Let's look at Matthew 7, 7 through 8. This is important. I right? ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Right there. Every, back up one. It says, you know, everybody knows this. You've probably heard somebody teach on this. It means keep asking. That's the original language. Some, group, you know, Greek verbs and all that, people who know that. It's a, you know, a continuous, continual action. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, and it will be open to you. Now, remember, this verse is in part of Jesus' what they call the Sermon on the Mount, which was Jesus' message on the kingdom of heaven. Started in Matthew 5, and this is still part of that message. He never quit preaching that message. All right, go on to 8. For everyone who keeps asking receives. Everyone who keeps seeking finds. Everyone who keeps knocking, they're gonna the door of heaven's gonna be open to them. The Lord told Joshua when they crossed over, He said, "I'm not going to give you the whole thing at one time because it would destroy you. I'm not giving you the whole deal. You're not getting the whole package. You're not getting all the promised land. You're gonna get it every where you place your step, one step at a time." It's like I heard one guy said. There's nowhere in the Bible where it says. You know, the kingdom of God is like an escalator. You know, it's a step. We walk. We walk it out. And there's nothing carrying. You know, it's not like you get on, make one step and then we're there. We've got to walk this thing out. We've got to keep going after it. We've got to keep pursuing it. And, and it'll happen. Okay, remember Stephen uh, Roach, when he came and preached that great message about bearing fruit, one of the things he said, uh, scriptures, a lot of Hebrews, it says, it's by faith and patience we, we inherit the promises. And I heard Rick Joyner you know, talk about the faith movement, which has been a great thing. But he says, where's the patience movement at? I thought, man, that's great. And I know where it's at. I don't want to hear about the patience movement. I like the faith part. But really, you know, the Lord's just not only, But we, if we will continue pursuing it, continue... And, and the way you do that is I went after Becky back in the day, and I'm still going after her, actually. You still have to keep... For the, all the guys who have been married for a long time, keep pursuing your wife. They want you to. You quit pursuing them. They just going They might just discard your heart hide for a while. Asha, Asha. But you, you pursue. You keep going after it. So I, when I met Becky, I went after her. Why did I go after? her Because I had passion for. her I loved her. I wanted to be with her. That's why I still pursue her today, even though she fusses at me. <laughs> you pursue it. You keep going. That's that's how you have a great marriage. It really is. If the man would really stature his girl and keep letting her know, I, I feel better today about you than I did then. You know, you're, you know, you're like, you know, fine wine. You've aged. You're wonderful. You know, and if you'll do that, you'll have a great marriage. And the women can figure out what the women are supposed to do because I ain't never figured out what a woman was supposed to do. <laughs> it's confusing. You know, they don't like certain things. I said, well, the reason men like it was because if it was up to women, the world would end because nobody, there would be no population. It would all, we'd all just die. So, so I don't have any claims about knowing about women. I'll let the girls talk about that. <laughs> so that's the way it is. As we seek the Lord, seek first the kingdom, we're seeking a passion for the kingdom. Lord, give me a passion for it. Give me a passion for your kingdom. You know, i got a passion for it right now. God gave it to me. I, my, I hope I have it tomorrow, but I have got it right now. I can't worry about it tomorrow, but hopefully t- in the morning I'm gonna wake up this same same thing that I feel inside of me right now. Hopefully two years from now, I have this same thing burning inside of me. Just and hopefully I'll grow in it and you know mature in it and all that. I mean that's the goal, you know. But that's that's the thing. We've got to go after it. We've got to go. I don't pursue Becky today the way I did twenty something years ago. <laughs> twenty? How long, man? It's still on, huh? Twenty eight years ago. I had another method then. It worked. I won you know. I stole her from these guys that were trying to get her. I tricked them, I outwitted them. You know. <laughs> you know, I tricked her. Well she's told me. I didn't know I was getting involved with this now. If I'd known I was marrying somebody was gonna be a pastor, I didn't marry no pastor. She's told me that over her neighbor. And she always tells me that in context says, You ain't my pastor. You're my husband. <laughs> you know? So some of you wives could say to your husbands who may be the boss at work. You ain't my boss. You're my husband. (laughs) (laughs) But I pursue her different today. I've grown in it. You know, I probably don't... Nah. (laughs) Probably don't do it all right. All right. So that's number three. Be persistent. Keep going at it. Keep growing in it. Just keep making up. Ask the Lord. Lord, I can't have this passion naturally. You can give it to me. Please give it to me. Jesus had the passion. Paul had the passion. Peter had the it's because it was, it was the Spirit of God working in them. All right, number four is, is you have to give it and do it for the kingdom to flow. Now, this is important. All right, you got you to, gotta, let me, first of all, I'll, this is a great scripture. I've read this one to you over and over, but Matthew 10, verse 7 and 8. And as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Number one, that's the message that Jesus gave his disciples to preach. He ne- you will not find anywhere in the Bible where he says preach some other message. When he gave specific instructions, this was the specifics. And if you go and study the book of Acts, first chapter, what were they talking about? The things concerning the kingdom of God. That's right in chapter. And you go to the last chapter, last chapter in Acts, Acts 28, what was Paul talking about? The things concerning the kingdom of God and Jesus Christ. They stuck to this they stuck to this mandate. They never veered from it. And that's and so what God's doing now, we veered from it. The Baptists are saying they veered from it. We veered from it. And God's saying, I'm getting you, I'm gonna get you on track here. I'm gonna get you on track with the right message, and I'm gonna get you on track with power and authority and anointing. I'm gonna get you on track, and things are gonna happen. He's getting us back on track. Back to this message. Alright? Then he says, Heal the sick. That's where the power comes in. Cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. All those are part. Those things happen when the kingdom people are ministered to, people are loved. People change. Then he says, freely you have received, freely give. We all need to be Matthew 10:8 people. Freely receiving, freely giving. Now that's the key. Because um, the kingdom won't work otherwise. It won't, no matter what you do. Okay, It will not work if you don't release it. You've got to be able to release it. You've got to go whatever it is. And listen, one little thing, one little prayer that touches a person, maybe just for a moment they're touched. The kingdom of heaven came near them. That's, it, that's, that's the kingdom of God. It doesn't have, you don't have to think there's got to be some profound thing. One person that was hurting and needed somebody to put their arm around them, the kingdom of heavens come. You know, you know that's that's what we do. We give the thing we got, and that keeps it flowing. Now, I got this great uh, book that was given to me by Pam Curran for Christmas. It's by it's a uh, tw- three hundred sixty five day uh, devotional by a guy who's like a Greek thing expert. I mean, he's good. I mean, spirit filled. He's really comes from the Pentecostal world. Uh, excellent man. I can't remember his name, but. Uh, yesterday, or maybe it was Friday, his devotion was on this, about spiritual boredom. Now, let's ask the question. Have you ever been bored with church or Christianity? Raise your hand. Come on, let's see it. Good. bunch of bored Christians. Like I told you earlier, you have fallen into the ultimate trap. Because I'm going to tell you why you've been bored. And I'm telling you what this guy said, which I believe is right. He gave the Scripture, James one twenty two. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. And this is what he said. Listen to this. There is one primary reason why people get spiritually bored. One. And it's not because of the church. It's really not. I mean, even if you went to a church that had an organ that was playing songs from 1959 that you didn't particularly care for, and everybody in there was 98 years old, okay? That's not the reason. His reason is sound. There's one primary reason, it is very simple. Listen to this. This is the reason. Knowledge without application eventually becomes boring and unfulfilling every time. Knowledge, yes. Amen. Come on. I like that. Knowledge without application eventually becomes boring and unfulfilling every time. And that's really has what has happened to us as believers. Many of us are bored still with church. So what have we tried to do? Let's jazz it up. You know? Now, I'm, I mean, I like jazzed up stuff. I like doing stuff... You know, that's why I tell people all the time who don't use email. hey, it is year 2006, man, come on. <laughs> Forget the U.S. mail if you can. You know, I want to live in today's world. I don't want to play music. You know, my kids are always accusing me of liking 80s music. <laughs> <laughs> because I'll tell them stuff about 80s music. Jerry, you hear know, this song is a great song. That's 80s music. Dad, ain't nobody wants to hear that. That's old. It's not old. <laughs> to me, it's not. I mean, it's rich to me, but... See, but I don't want to live back in the 80s. You know, so I'm not against making things different and looking different and doing it different. All those but those will not cure spiritual boredom. They really won't. You can, you can, you know, oh, that was interesting for a couple of weeks and then third week. I'm bored with that now. Do me something different, you know. That's, that's what a lot of ways the church has started to do is cure this boredness in people by, you know, making things different and you know, different's good, but that won't work. What he said was that word hearers in that verse comes come from the Greek, from the word that we would use when a person audits a class. In other words, Nancy Brubaker, since she's from Georgia, came up here to Cross School of Ministry and she wanted to audit the doctrine class. She's actually a graduate. But say she just wanted to audit the doctrine class had no intentions of ever applying anything in that class she just wanted to learn some more information and all it did was make her more and more spiritually bored. so here we are as Christians we come to church we hear the truth but we're not doing anything with the truth so it's boring to me you know I'm bored. church you know that preacher ain't no good he may not be no good he really may not be I'm not trying to say that, but I'm saying this. If you're bored, and I'm bored spiritually, we're not doing one thing. Is we are not giving. We are receiving, but we're not giving, and it creates this problem in our life. And I have found you've got to start with the very basic things in giving. Whatever God gives you, do it. If just a bit of compassion for somebody, just let them have that compassion. Just pray for them. Lord bless you. Lord love you. And see, what that does, it, opens, it keeps the, the river flowing. It, suddenly you don't have this dam in your life, and the water gets stagnant. That's what the boring is, is everything's stagged up and, you know inside of you. And we think it has to be some profound thing, but really it's the little things that's really where it starts. It's little things that God gives you that you give other people. And it may be a conscious thing that they know, or it may not be. It may be bringing a meal when they're in a desperate situation. You know, or it could be some profound thing. It could be praying for them and God doing a miracle in their life. It's all all God's kingdom. All of it is. It's all what God wants to do. It's letting God. Freely, you have resisted what he said to to these uh, disciples when he sent them out. Uh, You know, you've gotten something. I've given you something. I've poured myself into you. I've told you things. I've showed you things go do the same things for other people. You know, go do this and you will have a very rich Christian life. Now, I will tell you this. this There's just a couple of things that you need to understand about God and the way He works is, one, this is what the Lord has recently told me when I was real anxious trying to, somebody was talking to me and was needing some help and I was really anxious because I wanted to do something else. He said to me, Byron, I do not care about your time. Because you gave me your time. And this is what I'm choosing to do with your time. I'm choosing for you to be talking to this person right now. You, you see what I'm saying? You see, when we give ourselves over to the kingdom of heaven, God has a different agenda than we have. He has a different program than we have. So you may want to be doing something else at that moment, but God said, no, I, I, really, I really, really, really have a heart for Doug right now, Byron. And you may not want to talk to Doug, and you may not have a heart for Doug, but you gave me your time. You gave yourself to my kingdom. And that's what I want to do, is I want to touch this man right now. I want you to speak some life to him. I want you to, whatever. Or just hang around with him, whatever it is. You see what I'm saying? And I'll just end. I'll share this dream. I want to share it because it really exemplifies what I feel like happens to us. See, it's real easy to sit in here and hear... Messages about the kingdom of God, and it's pretty easy to pray for people, for ministry. Okay, it's like I told the other group. It was real easy to sit around and talk about having another service until this morning when I had to get up earlier, <laughs> you know, and be here earlier and think about I got to do this two times. You know, it's not easy walking it out. The kingdom of heaven is not an easy thing to do. It challenges you. It it messes with you. It's, it steals your time. It steals your energy. It takes your priorities and re- rearranges them. It, it's, it's demanding because it's the kingdom. And not that there's not benefits to you, but I just want to say that I had this dream last night, and, um, and I, I just think it's a profound dream, really, but it really speaks all this to me because that's the way I felt. Is in this dream, I was in Africa. I was in this village in Africa. And for those who know me know that the Lord really has a... There's a real calling in my life for Africa. And there's this real divine connection. For whatever reason, Africans have always seemed to have this role in my life. That's why Marlon's here. And he has this role in my life. And... uh, Because he's an African. And in this dream, these guys says, in order for you to move around the countryside and to go where you need to go, we need to mark you. Okay? So they took this paint or something and started marking these lines. They were about that wide, about maybe that long on my arms. From about right here to there. 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 <laughs> you know where I came from. <laughs> 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 Anyways, I was looking at these marks thinking, well, I'm stupid. <laughs> I'm an engineer in my mind, my natural mind. So I was looking at these marks thinking, I wonder how you'd counterfeit those marks. I mean, in other words, when, when I go out here and people see these marks, how do they know I didn't just sort of figure out you know, how to make these marks on my arm to be able to get away with moving around and do what I need to do in this countryside. But I realized what the Lord was saying is, no, those marks, that's the authority I'm going to give you to go to Africa. You need to be marked to be able to go and go with my authority. That's really cool. And then the, in the dream, the next scene shifted over, and there were some young people there. And we were in Africa, but there was just like this indoor pool spire, and it was really nice. It was like what you would see... Here, nice, and the kids were swimming and having a great time, but they were on this mission trip, and I remember talking to the kids saying, "Listen, God didn't send us over here to have a good time. He sent us over here for, you know, for something eternal. This is important, what we're doing." I was pleading with them, really, and you know how it is. Sometimes you can plead with kids, they just sort of sit there with this blank look on their face. <laughs> That's what they were doing to me. Like, what's this guy's problem? We're over here having fun, and he wants to talk to us about something serious that was the end of the dream I woke up and thought man that was really the Lord man that was that was something so I went back to sleep had another dream and in this dream I was just in Africa I, there was no specifics but I was in Africa and I knew it and uh, then I woke up and I heard the Lord say go and I said no God <laughs> that's what I said to him you said God right you didn't say go surely you're not saying go to Africa to me you said God I thought no he said go stupid <laughs> But I got to thinking about it. You know, it is really easy and nice to sit around and think about, well, the Lord's going to send me to Africa. He's marked me. He's going to give me authority there. That's wonderful. Thank you, Lord. But then I got to thinking, the day I get on the airplane, I'm not going to be thinking this is so wonderful. In fact, I'm going to be thinking, I don't want to go. I hate airplanes. I hate doing this. I want to stay at home. I like being at home. I don't want to go nowhere. And that's the way the kingdom of God is. We can sit around in here all day long and think wonderful thoughts and have all these wonderful visions. But the reality is, God's going to call you to walk into a house of darkness. And He's going to say, I sent you into this house of darkness to bring light, to bring revelation, to bring the kingdom into this house. That is no fun. I'm telling you, it's, never, I, you know, it's like I said, well, I have, for some reason, I don't know why God's given me this, this uh, ministry and deliverance. I didn't really choose it. But you know, I sit around and talk about it and it's grandiose until you're sitting there looking at somebody who needs delivering. And then you're thinking, I don't want to do this. I would rather go play golf or go home or something. I don't want to mess with this messed up soul. Somebody else can do it. That's the way it is. And see, that's what stops many of us. I'm going to be honest with you. Because It's inconvenient. And it's troubling. And I think I've shared with you guys some when I went over there and the house was burning. And I just felt like a jerk. Because I felt so inadequate. I got, when I you know, the fireman with the heroes, man, in my opinion, like, Hey, go fireman, I can cheer you on, but I felt worthless. And the Lord said, Well, you you know, this, this is what the, this is the way it is, Byron. You're gonna face impossible situations that you have no answer for, that you can't do anything about it. But I have the answer. I just sent you over here to bring comfort to these people and speak life to these people so they wouldn't be in despair in what was one of the worst days of their lives. And that's the way the kingdom of heaven works. It's not granting and glorious like we think all the time. And there can be those moments when God does a tremendous miracle and a tremendous thing and it's fun for that moment. But see, that moves on and there's the next thing and the next thing for the rest of our lives. That's what God's called us to. The glory, the real glory, the real true glory is going to come as Christ is glorified. And, you know, I felt, honestly, this was something that really blessed me was, was uh, uh, Forsyth and Terry, Bunny, and uh, Sue Crowley the other day providing a meal for a family in distress. I thought, man, the Lord was so pleased with that. That was the glory. It was filling God's pleasure in a situation where, you know, if you just give a glass of water to somebody that needs a glass of water in the name of the Lord, that doesn't seem very, well, one, that's, one, that's not miraculous, but in the Lord's heart, it's miraculous because He's pleased. And that really makes it all worth it at the end of the day you know, when you're beat to death, feeling tired, wishing you, know, wishing you could have gone home hours ago, and you know, but when you feel God's pleasure, not that you did anything, but God was just pleased that something was happening. His kingdom was touching people's lives. That's the thing. That's, that's when He's glorified. You hear what I'm saying to you this morning? So I want us to have a vision for the kingdom, and I, but I want us to really be real about it. I want us to go after it. And I want the next time you're in a situation you don't want to be, find out, Lord, am I supposed to be here? Because in my mind, see, that's where the repentance comes from. Well, I repent for not wanting to be down here with this family, their house is burning down. You want me here. You want me to see something, and hear something. So we're gonna have a what I what I think would help us, okay, is asking God for a passion and revelation for his kingdom. Okay? Ask the Lord, I want a passion for your kingdom. I want you to give me a passion. I want you to give me a revelation about your kingdom. Because I think the passion is what drives people. It drives it's what drives me. I get passionate about something. I go after a tooth and nail, you know. Even if it's not such a good thing. Good, you shouldn't be playing golf so much. <laughs> <laughs> Got too much passion about that. Thank you, reading them golf magazines. Y'all talking about golf next week. What's wrong with y'all? <laughs> Can't escape it. <laughs> But if you got passion about something, if you got passion about something, you go after it. You see what I'm saying? Amen. And I want to ask the Lord, you know, this morning for those of you who would really like a passion about this. Now, let me warn you. What I said is inconvenient. It's not all that glorious. And it's something you've got to keep going after and keep going after and going after. So I'm not asking you to sign up for some <laughs> glorious thing. I am asking you to sign up for the kingdom of heaven. that That would be the first thing. That would be the thing you would seek. That would be the desire of your heart and that you know that God, over the, the days, months, and years ahead of you, that he will reveal more and more and more of that and bring you into a fuller measure of his kingdom until finally, you know, you go on and be with the Lord and you experience the kingdom in its fullest measure when we're actually, you know, when we move on. But the kingdom is for now. Amen?